Well, tonight, turn in your Bible to the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians, say that five times in a row. <laughs> I think anyone would. It's a, it's a full phrase. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you, Lord, that your word falls on, not on deaf ears, but Lord, on, on ripe ears that are ready to hear. And we thank you right now that as we hear your word, that Lord will be changed. Never the same. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Say this with me. I'm a doer of the word of God. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 12 says this, that you may walk honestly toward them that are without. That means those that are without, that are unsaved. You know we need to walk wisely, don't we? Not foolishly. He says, you may walk honestly toward them that are without and that you may have lack of nothing, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Now, these are the believers that have died in Jesus. He says that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. And I'm not here to just get into a, a word by word discussion on this phrase right here. But, you know, the Bible says that we sorrow not even as others. Now, it does not say that you don't sorrow. You know, if you go to a funeral and don't cry, that's not being unspiritual, that's unnatural. It's natural to cry. But what he's saying is we don't have a situation where we don't have hope like others that have no hope. Those that are lost without Christ, they have no hope. But we are not those that have no hope. We know that this is not the end. And so he says... That you saw or not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. Now I love that. It's not just our thoughts, not our opinion. It's by the word of the Lord. That we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or, or stop or hinder them which are asleep. Or actually, another way of saying that is go before. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. I like what Jesse DePlanis says. He said, the Lord's going to come back. He's going to shout so loud, it's going to wake up your dead grandma. <laughs> He's going to descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. This, what we're talking about right here, is the rapture, what we call the rapture of the church. The word rapture just means caught up and caught away we see that there's actually seven different raptures in the church. And so several have happened already, and this is the next one. 
And we need to understand the rapture of the church. Some people say, well, you know, the Bible doesn't have the word rapture. Well, that's true. But neither is the word Bible in the Bible. You know, there, Paul never said, okay, Timothy, bring your Bible with you. They did say bring the parchments. <clears throat> but we need to understand the rapture of the church to be settled in what we believe about it. Because then we're able also to help one another and help others. But modern preaching now, there, there's those that would say that, you know, the rapture, I'll stand over here and give you guys a little break. People that say that the rapture is a doctrine of the 1800s. But let me tell you, my friend, that this in Thessalonians is long before the 1800s. You know, people have said studying the Schofield Reference Bible, which is a great reference Bible. They read that and then they say that, well, you know, Dr. Schofield said this and so it's something from his time. But long before Dr. Schofield, the Apostle Paul said, by the word of the Lord, we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. That Lord's gonna descend from heaven with a shout. And the trumpet of God is going to sound. <laughs> I heard one, um, he's actually a musician and he's a trumpet player. And he said, he says, not even in the Bible that, that it says that Gabriel is going to come back and play the trumpet. It said the trumpet of God. He said, God's got his own stash of trumpets. I mean, you, when, when, when God sounds, when God sounds, everyone's going to know that sound. Every believer is going to hear that. And so this is actually what we call the hope of the church. This is the hope of the church. I want you to look over in 2 Peter chapter 3. Many people try to discount the rapture of the church. And if I was the devil, I would too. I have no, um, no aspirations to be like him at all. But I want you to notice this is something that the Bible actually tells us is going to happen. It tells us here in 2 Peter. This second epistle, verse, chapter 3, verse 1, Beloved, I'll now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. See, we need to be reminded of these things all the time. That you may be mindful of the words which are spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days, let me know we're in the, according to the scripture, we're in the last days. Do you know that Acts chapter two, when Peter got up on the day of Pentecost and preached and said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, in the last days, saith God. So he was actually saying 2,000 years ago, this is the beginning of the last days. So I think we are in the very last of the last days. So he says, knowing this, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust. We see that today. People that scoff and mock the things of God. And saying, where's the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God, 
the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Actually, there was another flood besides Noah's flood, but that's another subject. He says, when the world that then was being overflowed with water perished, but the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word are kept in store, reserved into the fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, who, usward not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the knife, a night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Most times you see the reference of the day of the Lord, you see it for the second coming of Christ, but then sometimes people refer to it as the rapture. But we know that there is a day when the Lord is coming back. We know that when that happens, and especially when we see um, what the Bible calls Armageddon at the end of the, uh, the, the tribulation period, when we come back with Jesus, we see that things are going to be different. And we see what happens. Verse 12, it says, The heavens being on fire shall be dissolved. The Bible tells us that we're going to have a new heaven and a new earth. In fact, keep reading. <laughs> Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwells righteousness. Wherein, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found to him in peace without spot and blameless. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to be on fire for God. We're supposed to be red hot that we may be found without spot, without blemish, without any kind of thing. And, and let me tell you what, you can do it. You can do it. Don't let the, the, the devil lie to you and say, well, you can't make it. Yeah. Oh, no. Because I read a, a scripture in Jude 24 that says, now unto him that is able to keep me from falling and to present me faultless. That means God can show me like a, I mean, when you see the Lion King and he holds him up like this, you know, I just think about God can hold us up and say, look, I'm able to keep that. In the Bible, Paul said, I, he's able to keep that which I've committed. If you haven't committed it to him, then he's not able to keep it. But if you, you commit yourself, Lord, I'm yours, I belong to you, and you're able to keep my life. Do something with, Lord, use my life for your glory. Then you're actually giving him permission to do something in your life. So be diligent that you may be found of him. You know, you have to be diligent to resist sin. You have to be diligent to live for him. And account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. And so we see here that one of the, the mindsets we see in the last days that people are going to question, where is the Lord? Where is he, when's he coming back? And so what they do is they begin to mock and they begin to say, where is he? But I want you to turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm just stirring up your pure minds by way of remembrance tonight. Just to, for a few minutes here. So when people tell you that the rapture is not true, you can say, okay, turn over to 1 Corinthians 15. <laughs> but look at 1 Corinthians 15. And let's read in verse 50. 
Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. How fast is that? He said, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Now, that doesn't mean that we're just, boom, we're going to be in heaven, but our body's going to be changed in a moment. Just like, just blink your eye once. That quick. Just as quick as you can blink your eye. Boom. <laughs> and so he says, we're not going to all sleep. We're not going to all die, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, twinkling eye, this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. This body that we have right now shall be glorified. Some people say, oh, you know, I can't wait to get rid of this body and, and have a new body. But it's actually this body glorified. I could give you many scriptures. That the Bible says that our bodies are the members of Christ. That's why he says, don't, don't take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot. Why? Because this body is important. It's, a, it's an eternal part of the, of the kingdom of God. So, and let me just say this. Once God gets through with it, you'll be happy with it. Don't think, well, I don't want just, you know, this body. It'll be made perfect. <laughs> Amen. I could just stay right there and rejoice a little bit. So when, verse 54, when this corruptible shall put on incorruption and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? I mean, I can see the Apostle Paul kind of getting a little sassy there. He's like, hey, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, but the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory. That's a present tense continual. He giveth me the victory. Amen. I've got the victory living inside of me. I've got the greater one I can overcome. This ain't no time to turn back, no place to grow slack. I got to keep pressing on. Amen, that's not my words, that's a song. But <laughs> I've got the victory, why? Thanks be to God, which gives me the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then verse 58 says this, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Turn over to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. You know, I've never understood why people would fight certain teachings from the Bible. Especially when it talks about, when you talk about the tribulation and, and people want to go through the tribulation. I've never understood that one yet. Second Thessalonians 2, verse 1. Why, why is it important? Because... Once we get done with our job and our mission as the church during this time, then we'll go home. 
And so when we're done, we're done. Then I'm going to enjoy the, the marriage supper of the Lamb. I mean, we don't even know what that means, how good that is. Second Thessalonians 2. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word. So, you know, if an angel appeared to you and told you something that was contrary to the Bible, you would reject it. Well, you know, I had a, I had a vision. I had a, an, an angel appeared to me. Well, I'm sure one did. But he says, don't be troubled or shaken, neither by spirit nor by word. You know what Paul said? He said, if any man preach another gospel, he said, let him be accursed. I mean, that's not like, if you're a traveling teacher, that's not a good way to get invited back. He even said in one place, if, if any man love not our Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema. He said, let him be accursed. I mean, Paul, he didn't pull any punches. <laughs> and so here he says, don't be troubled by any of these things, as that the day of Christ is at hand. So we know the day of Christ is at hand. Verse 3, let no man deceive you. Now, why would he say that if you cannot be deceived? Let no man deceive you by any means for that day. What's he talking about? The day of Christ, the day when of the Lord, the day when Jesus returns. Let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin shall be revealed, the son of perdition. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worship. So we know this is the Antichrist. You know, the Bible tells us there's an Antichrist spirit in the world today. But there actually is a literal man that I believe is alive today that will be the Antichrist. He will set, he's called the son of perdition. Look here, look what he says here though in verse 3. I just want to bring this out. He says that this man in that day actually shall not come except there come a falling away first. Now you can look at that twofold because I always used to hear people preach it like this about the apostate church and how that people would fall away from the Lord. Now we know that's happening. We know it's going to happen. I'm not going to participate though. I'm going to stay true to the Lord. I'm going to stay close to him. And so it says there come a falling away first, but when you look that word up, it's actually the word departure. A departure. It says that except there come a departure first. That day's not going to come except there come a departure. What is that departure? It's called the rapture of the church. And that that man of sin be revealed. Look in verse 5. Remember you not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? And now you know that what withholdeth? That he might be revealed in his time. So look in verse 6. 
and and now you know what withholdeth. You know, another word for saying saying that is holdeth, holds or holds back. What you know, there is something in the earth today that's holding the Antichrist back. Bless people's hearts. Some people think we're living in the tribulation. I mean, that we're living in the millennium right now. If we are, we're in trouble. <laughs> we're not living right now in the millennial reign of Christ. For one thing, I haven't seen him with my eyes. <clears throat> but we know he is returning. But there's something that's withholding the man. There's something that's not allowing the man of perdition, the man, the, the, mist, the man of iniquity, the Antichrist. And you know what that is? The church. The church is holding him back. Why? Because he can't be revealed. Once the church makes a mass exodus, and, and you know what? This is, a, this is actually a plan of the enemy. We've seen this through the years and growing more and more popular is aliens and alien abductions. Because what's going to happen when the church leaves? Oh, they were abducted by aliens. You watch, I promise you. It's what's going to happen. I don't give a rip what they say when we leave. <laughs> we'll be gone. <laughs> so, so here he says, the mystery of iniquity doth already work. We know that, that it, spirit is working now. Only who, who now lets it will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed. So there he comes. He's going to come on the scene once the church is gone. And what's he going to look? He's going to look like a savior. I'm going to save the world. Whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy him with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Let me say this. You know that, that even with the things of God and and signs and wonders that are of him, they do not make you believe. People think, well, if I saw a sign and a wonder, I'd believe. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> well, you know, remember Jesus said, well, you know, talking about the, the rich man and Lazarus in Luke 16, he says, he says, send one to my house, my five brothers, so they don't come into this place of torment. And, and he says, um, and he says, you know, if one went back from the dead, they would believe. He says, they have the, the prophets. If they won't believe that, they won't go back, though one raised from the dead. And we see others that happen. We see Jesus going back and people didn't believe. <clears throat> and so just because you have signs and wonders, that doesn't validate anything. Why? Because Satan has lying wonders. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Now let me tell you something. That's a bad place. When you believe that the, a lie is the truth. That they all might be damned or judged who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. 
Verse 16 says this, Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. And so that's what every, everything that you ever hear on the rapture or, or end times, it should comfort the believer. It should comfort the believer. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Over in the book of Acts chapter 1, and I'm going to just land there for a moment. You know, the Bible says in the last days that people shall have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. If, you, if you're around somebody and they say they don't believe in the power of God, or I don't, I don't believe in signs and wonders, I don't believe in the Holy Ghost, then you need to make an exodus from them and say, bless you. I mean, don't even say God bless you. You might be partaker of their evil deeds, as the Bible says. Don't bid them Godspeed. You just have to make an exodus. But look what happened in, in the book of Acts in chapter 1. So we said this, that the rapture of the church is not something that was something that someone came up with in the 1800s. We see this all throughout the Bible. But look in, in Acts chapter 1. This Jesus says, verse 8, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. I believe it was those cloud of witnesses that the Bible talks about in Hebrews. And while they looked, and one reason why we know that is because we see that when, when Jesus was raised from the dead, and we, we see that there was many saints that walked around. Can you imagine? Hey, guess who I ran into today? It was Moses. Hey, guess who I, ra I ran into Abraham on the street today? Yeah, right. <laughs> but many of them. That's why Jesus had to say, Lazarus, come forth. Because if he didn't, everybody would have come forth. <laughs> And when he spoke these things, they beheld a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. So just like he was taken up, Guess what? He's coming back and he's going to come and take us with him. And the Bible says, so, so shall we ever be with the Lord. <clears throat> so just like Jesus came back, he's coming back again and he's going up in the cloud, but we're going to go with him. Hallelujah. And then I want you to look over in Luke chapter 21. The Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses. So we're giving you a few witnesses today. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> People need to know these things. 
You know, because people, they don't know end times and, you know, a lot of people are just hoping and a praying. You know, there's a lot of people that think they're right with God and they, you know, there's people, can you imagine people that are in a lost eternity thinking that they're just in purgatory? 500 years, you know, and, you know, I, I'm, my sins shall be absolved by now. I should, it should be paid for. But they're not getting out. That's why we have to tell people. The truth shall make you free. Luke 21, and let's look in verse 24. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down on the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity. I mean, we see that right now. That's where we're at. The sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud. There's that cloud again. <laughs> With power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, go hide in the corner. He says, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. <laughs> so when we see these things, what does he say? Look up. It's not, it's not a time to look down. Not the time to sing the blues. Your redemption draws nigh. <coughs> he goes on in verse 34. He says, Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, so that that day come upon you unaware. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always, that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. And so, as we said, any teaching that you hear on the rapture should always comfort you. Now, there should, I believe that there should be a good, healthy, whole fear of God that we have as well. That when you, when you hear these things, you think, man, I, I don't want to be one that's left behind. I don't want to be one who's, who's not right with him. You know, the Bible talks about What's that in Matthew 25 about the parable of the ten virgins? When we think of virgin, what do we think? Pure? You could think of them as the church. It didn't say they were impure or anything like that. Ten virgins, but it said five were wise, five were foolish. When you read that whole passage, the thing about a parable is this, different from like an allegory or any kind of teaching, there's one central truth that's being brought out, and it's this. Those that were ready went in. So what does that mean? We have to be ready. That means our garments are, are you know, are, are spotless. It means we're ready. We're, we're ready to go. When we hear the trumpet sound, we're not going to be getting ready. You ever hear somebody say, are you ready? Almost. 
That means you're not ready. If you're getting ready, you're not ready. So we want to be ready. And so we should be comforted by these things like Paul said, and then able to comfort others. And so we know that Jesus is coming back very, very soon. And the scriptures are, are full of admonitions to be ready. You know, the Bible talks about those that, he said, you know, invite, invite those to come to the supper. And the Bible talks about those that made excuse. Well, you know, this happened, I got married and I can't, I can't come to this. You know, I've got this and I, I've got to, you know, I got to get the boat out one more time on Sunday and I can't come. To the, to the meeting. You know, I've <laughs> you wouldn't believe the excuses you hear. Well, you know, I got to do this and I got to do that and it's not a convenient time. It said that he got angry. He said, go out in the highways and, and compel them to come in. And just like I've said before, humorously, you know, they go to the guy and he says, hey, the master's calling. Can you come? He's, he's like, he's just kind of waking up. He says, um, let me check my calendar. And he's, um, let's see, sleep in, um, go through the garbage. Yeah, I can make it. Why? Because he didn't have anything. He had nothing else going on. And so we don't, we don't want to be to the place where, like the Bible says, we are caught unaware. To the world, you know, he's going to be as a thief in the night but not to the church. Anybody, I don't know, maybe just one or two would know this, but years ago they had those movies like A Thief in a Night in the 80s. Some of those old movies, you know, in the, yeah. A Thief in the Night. Um, do you remember some of the others? <laughs> but anyway, there was three or four of them. But, you know, I, I'm not going to be one, you know, when... when the rapture of the church happens. This, this building for us is very temporal. Because if Jesus comes back tomorrow, we're done. If people are left, then somebody, that, that somebody will be a pastor then. I'm sure, there's, I'm sure there's pastors in town that could come over here and do it. But not us. We're going to be gone. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.